This is Minutia Men with Rick and Dave. On this week's Minutia Men with Rick and Dave. Whiskey armpits. Jenkins works at the FBI. A baby swing for 20-somethings. Every cup ever roulette. And Rick's brush with famed illustrator and cartoonist Chuck Jones. All that and unlimited tangents on this week's Minutia Men. That is coming up right now. The following is a Tony Lasano podcast. An Opie production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. This is Minutia Men with Rick and Dave. Another episode of Minutia Men for your ears. And your pancreas. And your uvula. uvula. Not the uvula. No, I really don't think this is going to be appropriate for your uvula. But for everything else, for the entire part of your body except your uvula. Screw the uvula. Exactly. Welcome to another Minutia Man. Hashtag. You have a hashtag for me? No, hashtag screw the uvula. Okay. I I like that very much. We'll be be trending. (laughs) We will be uh, putting it on our Twitter feed shortly. I felt like I was trending last night. I went to the uh, Alan Parsons Project, the concert with Mm -hmm. uh, my Mm -hmm. sons. And, you know, this is kind of a odd concert to go to i i like i like alan parsons project i really like the irobot album and uh and i did own several alan parsons projects albums but my sons tommy and johnny the two oldest ones are really really into alan parsons project which is so odd it's so weird you know of all the 80s well they're 70s and 80s aren't yeah they? i mean they were from the 70s um but i could see because tommy's really into that like Electro, what is it called? Like electro, electronica. Yeah, he he likes uh, craft work too. That's another one of his favorites from that era. But anyway, it was fun going there. Uh, Tommy and Johnny were among the youngest. I'd say yeah, without question, it was kind of an older crowd. But here's the funny. Here's the funny story. So we we go in. We we had great seats. I think we were in you know like the twelfth row or something. We're sitting right in front, right in the middle. Sat down. Uh, in our seats and the guy sitting right next to me mm-hmm. was wearing the exact same shirt as me <laughs> and it wasn't like a you know a bear shirt or something it was like a a button down nice shirt with uh white at white and uh blue and black and it, you know what <laughs> it was the, the exact odds? same shirt you must have been so embarrassed. I looked at him, and he looked at me, and we didn't speak. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, you were mortified. I'm like, I, I picked the shirt three weeks ago. What are the? Uh, you know, I never wear something like that. I, I wore it because I had my sport coat on. I had a meeting with Chet yesterday. We signed that. We made the Dennis McKinnon deal, and I had right. a couple of quick other meetings, and then. You know, I didn't have time to change, so I just took off the sport coat and we went in this nice dress shirt. And then the guy next to me's got the same shirt. Mm-hmm. Did he have elephantitis too, or gout? Did you ask about that too? No, but he did look like he was older than me, so he uh, probably wasn't. <laughs> I was talking to somebody. I shouldn't say this to you because the last thing I need is to pump you up. But uh, I was talking to somebody. I can't remember who it was, but they were talking about us, and I was, and they. And we're just our ages came up, and I said that you were older, like six months older, and I could tell that the whoever I was talking to is like, really, I I thought he was much younger. 
So okay. why I just told you that, I have no idea. That's a great that story. Was, <laughs> we can tell that story good. every week. Uh, now, I've got a story. Uh, speaking of old people, it's kind of an old people story. you gotta, you sure. got to say it. So you're a frequent visitor to the deli counter at a supermarket, right? I mean, yes. come on. Yes, you're right. in, in fact, most people don't know this, but you're... What fifteen percent water and eighty five percent salami? Is uh, I am. Body I have a pretty high percentage of deli meat. There's no question <laughs> it, about it. Uh, well, I had an experience at the Jewel Deli counter this past week, and I want to share it. Um, now, generally, I'm not a big talk to strangers guy, right? I, and what? I don't think you are. Really. You are yeah. too. You talk to every person you ever meet. After, well, that is not true. Like if I'm, I really talk next to the guy next to me on an airplane. Oh, you okay. Do the airplane. Okay. You don't. I'm talking about people that I don't know. All right, strangers. All right. Like, do you talk? Do you talk to the guy next to you in an airplane? Never. Right. Like an elevator. I never. I'm German. Up a conversation. <laughs> yeah. I know. I know. Um, but I'm usually that guy that doesn't really say anything, except for when I'm around. The deli counter. For some reason, the deli counter, you know, you know, the space in front of the deli counter where everybody kind of waits to get served. Uh, for some reason, that's like a safe space for me. <laughs> OK, I, I can't explain it. I don't know. I don't I, I don't understand the social ramifications of this. Whenever but, you're near olive loaf, something <laughs> right, comes I, alive. Right. I don't know. Right. I don't know if it's the wide variety of processed meats or the, you know, the four different types of potato salad. I have no idea why I become like a, a, a really nice extroverted guy. Um, so anyway, so I'm at the deli counter uh, at the Jewel and Ada, Ada was the lady behind the counter because yeah. she wore a name, name tag, name tag yeah. uh, uh, perhaps the grumpiest and crankiest <laughs> deli meat lady ever. Okay, you know what do you want? Uh, you know uh, what else? You know they're just really a grumpy woman, mm -hmm. and uh, us and the community of people that were waiting at the deli counter began to remark amongst ourselves about how bitchy this woman was. <laughs> okay, <laughs> now all that now all, so me and my new best friends because by this time I mean I was number. 76, 76, and they were at like number 69, you know, serving. So I had quite a bit of time to meet these people as we're complaining about Ada. Um, so it gets to be my turn and um, something got into me. Now, I'm I'm like the bravest man from 30 feet, uh -huh, you know, uh -huh. in my head, in my head, I'm very aggressive and speak my mind, but never out of my head. Right. Uh, so I just... But something just came over me, and I became this snotty, cynical, passive-aggressive dickhead huh. to Ada. I just can't even and imagine I, it. Right. Now, <laughs> to be honest with you, there was I was showing off for my new friends. Okay. I, you know, I'm yeah. sure I was. So the first question I asked Ada was, uh, uh, where, <laughs> where exactly in Wisconsin – does the Wisconsin sharp cheddar come from? Is it is it is it Kenosha? Is it Racine? Economawak? Because if it's from Sheboygan, I don't want any part <laughs> right, of it. Right, right, right. That got a huge laugh from my new best friends. Okay, so that, so now you know I, I I grease the skid with the routine. I'm like, all right, I got to keep going on this, right? Yeah. So I did. So I then demanded samples of the mild, the medium, and the sharp cheddar mm -hmm. to to you know to get you know to get the. You know, the exact, I'm like, okay, I'm going to go, I'm going to go with the, the, the mild cheddar. Um, and then I made her, and this is, this is my coup d'etat. This is my, 
you know, if I was a comedian, th- this is my Gallagher hitting the watermelon with a sledgehammer. Okay. okay. This is, or the Howie Mandel with a blow up the surgical glove. You know what I mean? Yes. Uh-huh. Um, I ordered 11 16th of a pound of sharp <laughs> and of, of mild and made her cut it paper thin. And I had the, I had the deli counter community just in stitches. I mean, they were, it was like performance art. Say that again. That was like performance art. It was. It was. Uh, you know, and they would have taken me on their shoulders to the produce section. I was so yeah. So that. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah. yeah, you know, we have a a thing in my house uh, as far as deli counter goes because I always get sent to the store. I do one hundred percent of the uh, grocery shopping in our house. Yeah, I'm about eighty five percent probably. And, you know, I've got some picky picky Pete's here uh, asking me for stuff at the deli counter. And like like you, I I don't have a ton of patience waiting for people right. like you sure. with your three yeah. slices of your 8, 11, 16. <laughs> I would not have been laughing along with you. I would have been, hey, pal. Enough with yeah. the funny stuff. I want yeah. some salami <laughs> now. Yeah. Look, oh, oh, everybody's a deli counter comedian <laughs> over here. But I hate going to the deli counter because of that. Even though deli counter is my or deli meat is my life, yeah. I hate the deli counter. So I've gotten to the point where you know how they they uh, they have ready to go right yeah. stuff. I'll just grab the ready to go stuff and and bring that home. And everybody in my family is like, you know, I really like it better when it's sliced. <laughs> it's sliced in, and uh, you know, uh, you get the low sodium. I like this low salt. And I kind of just said, look, you can want that. You go to the grocery store and right, get it yourself. Right. Daddy doesn't stand in the deli counter line anymore. <laughs> Which you're missing a really nice community of people. <laughs> really, yeah. I had the same. Uh, I had the same. It's the same reason why you are in charge of all shipping for our company because I have the slowest post office in the world down the street from us, and I go completely crazy. I go completely crazy. These people take forever. Uh, well, well, again, I was just fantastic at the jewel and right. uh, so good that I'm playing Whole Foods on Friday night <laughs> okay. at, at Tony's Finder Foods in Naperville over the weekend. So come on by. Come on by uh, okay. and watch my head cheese head head cheese stick. All right, let's All right, let's, let's do some minutia because uh, this is really uh, deep, deep, deep stuff. <laughs> You're listening to Minutia Men, featuring the wacky exploits of your good pals Rick and Dave. Give them twenty two minutes and they'll give you absolutely nothing of value. All right, what do you got? Um, this story comes out of the Centennial State. Do you know which state is the Centennial State? I have no idea. Colorado, oh. maybe. Um, Erica, and I don't know how to pronounce her name. It's spelled F E U C H T. Feuchtel? Feuchtel? Yeah, I would say Foyt, right? Maybe Foyt. Uh, Erica Foyt was concerned, a Colorado resident. She was concerned that deodorant, that the deodorant she had used, has been using, had too many toxins and chemicals in it. Okay. You know. Colorado, one of those people. So so she, being an industrious sort, just like you and I, decided that she would make her own natural deodorant. Sure, that's what we would do. Exactly. Now, if I was going to create a deodorant, I would use like, I don't know, peppermint maybe, right? Cinnamon. Lilac. Maybe a 
Yeah, right. Some lavender. Yeah, exactly. Ooh, you don't want you might you might have a future (laughs) in this business. Uh, Maybe a little basil or something. You know, just something to something that smells Um, nice. Coffee. Uh, Coffee grounds. Now guess the which guess which route Erica took. Beer. Whiskey. Very good. Whiskey. She says whiskey is a fun product. We love whiskey, so why not put it in our armpits? There's a, uh, that's her logic there. Pit liquor is what they call it. That's the name of the brand that she and her uh, husband, Jason, have uh, developed. Uh, they spent months reading medical papers and textbooks to find the exact right mix of alcohol. Yeah, and sure natural. they did. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> sure they did. <laughs> yeah. Whatever yeah, you this, say. I want uh, a full listing of all the medical journals you read. (laughs) Uh, uh, And Erica says that Jason would come to me most days and say, hey, how does this armpit smell? How does this one smell? And they just and they figured out their brand or whatever the perfect mixture was for pit whiskey. It will be available online shortly. They have raised twenty thousand dollars on Kickstarter. Okay, for other people that are craving spirits in their armpits so does it uh does it you know when you put it in your armpit like that does it soak into your body you know like oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah so I you mean, get drunk with it well well i guess it depends upon how much whiskey is in the formula but yeah i mean yeah i mean stuff i mean there's you know skin ointments because you know there's use. a there's a new trend that I've been reading about, which means it's probably not a trend. People are just making it up, but, um, where you do like butt shots. Have you seen this where you know, where you pour alcohol directly into your anus? (laughs) Really? Because it absorbs faster. I mean, I was watching, um, uh, do you ever seen the show? Porn hub. (laughs) No. (laughs) 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 You ever seen the show? Brockmire. Have you ever heard of this show? It's a great, great show. I highly recommend it. It's on on a channel I've never heard of called IFC. So you may not have it on your cable network, but I I tape it. Anyway, the the main character is a raging alcoholic, like beyond alcoholic. And in the last episode, he uh, soaked a tampon in whiskey and stuck it up his butt (laughs) because he didn't want any whiskey on his breath. Okay, okay, that's an entrepreneur. That, <laughs> I mean, that's, a, that's thinking. That, yeah, that's a guy that's thinking out of the box. Uh, I got a, I actually have a blonde deodorant joke. You want to hear it? Sure. All right, blonde walks into a drugstore and asks the pharmacist for some bottom deodorant. Okay. Uh-huh. And the pharmacist, pharmacist, a little bit amused, explains to the woman that, woman that they don't sell anything called bottom deodorant and never have. Unfazed, the blonde assures him that she has been buying the stuff from this store on a regular basis and would like some. I'm sorry, says the pharmacist. We don't have any, but I've always got it here. Do you have the container it comes in? Yes, says the blonde. So she goes out to her car and gets it um, and hands it to the pharmacist who looks at it and says, this is just a normal stick of you know underarm deodorant. The annoyed blonde snatches the container back and reads out loud from the container to apply push up bottom (laughs) Uh, there's uh, wow are you actually i actually set that up 
perfectly. Perfectly, right. You put it on the tee, and I just flipped it right back out. I mean, you had that in your back pocket ready to go. No idea that I would bring up a tampon up the butt story. Right, exactly. And that is true. People may be listening to this going, oh, that was a setup. This was not a setup. This is synergy. Yeah, right. So there you go. Okay, well, I have have a Jenkins story. When you're Mm -hmm. on the job and you're not doing it right. Jenkins! Time now for Dave to share stories of employees or Rick's. Jenkins! It could only be Jenkins! Jenkins! With Rick and Dave. Jenkins! I I think it's just funny we assume that all Jenkins stories would come from you. (laughs) (laughs) This is is a story about uh, the FBI. And it's a story for those of you who believe that the FBI infiltrated a political campaign in America, (laughs) then cleverly implicated innocent patriots throughout that campaign to destroy it but not until after that campaign won then they used their secret society FBI to trick the president into firing their boss so they could pick so they could trick the deputy DA into appointing an independent counsel who was their former boss and they could put that plan into action by slowly leaking shady dealings they had previously tricked the campaign they had infiltrated into doing all right right with the, yeah, the, yeah. Who could have? That's brilliant. They're diabolical. Absolutely. The FBI Absolutely. is diabolical. All right. So here's my here's my Jenkins FBI story. <laughs> An off-duty FBI agent brought new meaning to the danger on the dance floor Saturday when a gun came loose and a bullet fired into the crowd, hitting a man in the leg. <laughs> Everything seemed to be going right for the agent in the middle. He was surrounded by a crowd full of bobbing heads and swaying bodies. The man in a blue shirt and tan pants had everyone's attention at Denver's Mile High Spirits Distillery and Tasting Bar. Hey, distillery. Colorado. (laughs) There's no music in the video, but it's evident that he's having a good time just grooving to the rhythm. With a series of footwork combinations and body rolls, he moved forward, appearing to give himself enough room for what should be his grand finale. He steadied himself. He swung his arms back and he started a backflip. This was supposed to be it. Then the gun came loose from his holster, slid onto the ground. The agent landed back on the ground, got the gun. As he picked it up, he fired it into the crowd and sent the crowd running. The agent quickly put the gun back in his holster, held his hands up in the air, walked off the dance floor, and women just stood beside him with their mouths agape. Yeah, right. That's right. the deep state right there. Right, right. And, then and, and he could be heard saying, thanks, Obama, as he was walking out. <laughs> so anyway, that is that is my FBI story. Well, you know, now, and again, we don't talk politics, although every episode we usually do and say, yeah. we don't talk politics. Yeah. Uh, now, did, did you hear this morning, Paul Ryan and um, uh, Trey Gowdy are both saying, there's no spy. There was no spy infiltrating Trump's campaign. Yeah, of course there was. A, right, I yeah. know. But now everybody, but of course, they're lying because they're part of the deep state. What, sure. a, what yeah. a brilliant, I just hope my kids don't one day go, you know, you're part of the deep state. I'm not going to listen. <laughs> I'm not going to make my robe or my bed because you're part of the deep state, right? Yeah, because yeah, yeah. whenever something doesn't happen, then you, you, you can't disprove it. It's <laughs> <laughs> exactly true. It's, yeah. He's a genius. Yeah. Um, right. We got a winner. We got a winner oh, good. in our retweet and follow contest. And all you got to do for people that are listening going, God, how can I win? Well, all you got to do is you can go on Twitter, follow us at Minutia Men, um, and just to retweet and follow us on Twitter. And you'll be entered into a drawing every week, and we will pick out a random winner. The Lazy Stoner, Rick, was not lazy because he actually retweeted and followed us, and he won. 
uh, our uh, price pack. Our you know what this means? Worth. This means we are asking the exact right amount of engagement from our listeners. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Yeah. If the lazy stoner can do it, so can you. Uh, he's also he. Uh, I'm not going to say his name because I didn't. He didn't get the release, but he's from Homer Glen, South suburb here of Chicago. Yeah. He's a he's a Cub fan. Wow. From the South Side. He's so he's brave. So he's the mole. He's like the spy. He's like be. the FBI spy. Uh, he is thrilled because he's going to be receiving Diary of a Wrigley Field Usher, oh. our book on Eckhart's Press, Back in the Game by Rich King, and he's getting a Crying Cup t-shirt. Wow. So the lazy stoner is going to be beside himself with glee. Again, all you have to do is retweet and follow us on Twitter. And we are uh, available on Stitcher, Google Play. Um, iHeartRadio. You can go on the RadioMisfits.com website. You can download our episodes there. Um, I think we're on Podbean and Potable, I think. Yeah, we're everywhere. So, so, we're everywhere. Yeah, so and, and you know, the uh, uh, you were talking about the diary of Wrigley Field Usher, Bruce Borer. He mm-hmm. has his second book coming out with us, <laughs> and we're doing a release party this weekend, right? Is yeah, that yeah, this weekend? Sad- yeah, Saturday in Mundelein. I wish I had handy what the bar was. How many bars could there be in Mundelein? Go to everyone at around 2 o'clock and you'll find us. <laughs> we'll be at a bar. Keep talking. And, I'll uh, look it up here. I've got uh, his okay. email here somewhere. Keep talking. Uh, Bruce and Russ have start, We have um, uh, written a book. It's called Embrace Retirement. And it's a handbook, basically, of what some of the things you should do in retirement. It's not your typical stodgy book that says, you know, you should. Oh, here it is. Prunes. Uh, it's, you know, things to do and uh, ways to protect your money and to have a good time. And, and we, It's we'll a great be, Father's and, Day present. It really is. Yeah, it really is. Uh, Saturday from 2 to 5 p.m. at Tavern on 60, 330 Town Line Road in Bundeline. Complimentary pizza and appetizers, some great conversations, and a few laughs. So Dave may bring well, out his uh, deli material. Well, I will have played the Whole Foods the night before, so yeah. I might have a whole other thing. Um, hey, I got a uh, another story. Oh, 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 yeah. Okay, we're doing a show. That's right. Okay. Yeah. Um, this comes out of England, and we have a lot of fans from England. Uh, this comes off of the BBC. The headline is "Firefighters Rescue Man Twenty." Stuck for hours in swing. <laughs> okay. a, a man had to be rescued. A man had to be rescued by police and the fire service after getting stuck in a child's swing in a play park. Huh. Edged in the child sized seat for three hours before police were called to Lanzier Park in Ipswich. Uh, when a shove and pull method of swing release failed, I, I don't really know what a. a, a a shove and pull release? Is that what you the just The fire said? service shove and pull. Oh, shove and pull. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. Must Wait. be something they teach in firefighter school. Um, well, when that didn't work, they had to call the ambulance, uh, and it took them three hours to get them out of the swing. So, kids, be careful <laughs> out there, all right? I like how they call him a 20-year-old man. Yeah, you know, if you're if you're 20 and you're trying to relive your youth and going on the child swing, you're not a man. (laughs) I've got one here at home. Trust me. (laughs) You know, my last fist fight was over a swing. When was the last time you had a fist fight? Um, 
I'm going to say around alcohol bachelor party related fist fight. I'm going to say around November of 1974. Okay. All right. Did, did you win it? I uh, know. Right. Harold Grutzmacher yeah. pinned me. <laughs> what was his name? Harold Grutzmacher. Okay, that's a pretty good. Yeah. That's a pretty good fight name. And, and he was he was as fearsome as that sounds. <laughs> um, and he beat a Rick Kempfer. <laughs> exactly. Uh, well, mine was actually about the same time. I think it was. Yeah, probably. You know what? I think it was like November '77. I guess all little wimpy guys. Right about the time they're thirteen, realize you know what I'm not doing this again because I'm because I'm. Well, no I was a it. little smarter than you. Mine was in '74, so I. Oh, '74. Okay, yeah. so I had a couple. Of, I had a yeah. little longer career. Well, it was with Stuart Coy, and oh. it was over. A, it was over a swing. He pushed. <laughs> he uh, he pushed me off the swing. Okay, so I was thirteen years old and I was on a swing. So uh, that gives you an indication <laughs> yeah, exactly. of what kind of a guy I was. Uh, so anyways, he pushed me off. I got pissed, shoved him back, and then he proceeded to just kick the crap out of me huh. uh, in about six seconds. Uh, anybody who bought that fight on pay-per-view would have been pissed because it lasted like <laughs> six seconds. And I never got into another fight after that. All right. Well, hey, that, that's, uh, that's a good story. Uh, it, I believe we have gotten to the Cubs uh, portion of our program. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, all I have to do now is find the uh, audio, which is right here. Time now for a collection of Cub Geekness. This is Just One Bad Century with Rick and Dave. So, you know, Dave, uh, this summer I have decided, starting actually June 1st, I started doing this. Every day, every weekday, I'm featuring a full letter on Just One Bad Century. Every Cub ever, starting with that letter. Wow. And so <clears throat> I'm just going to randomly pick one that I've got uh, posted this week. We're going to go with uh, every cub ever, the letter C. All right. Now you okay. pick. You've got the letter C. Now you have to pick a number uh, between uh, zero and 200. And I will read what we have written about that particular cub because this guarantees we will cover every cub ever. Go ahead. <laughs> Uh, so I get from zero to one. What is it? Zero to what? 200. So if I picked zero, what would you do? All right. One to 200. <laughs> Smart uh, uh, 34. 34. That would be Hal Carlson. Hang on. Let me get you Hal Carlson. Uh, it's all alphabetical. Are you, sh- um, are you sure you don't go on swings? Because you are not a man. <laughs> All right, Hal Carlson. Oh, this is a tragic story. You want to hear a tragic story? Sure. Hal Carlson was a veteran starting pitcher the Cubs got in 1927 from the Pirates. He pitched for him for several seasons. He really didn't make much of an impact. He had a pretty high ERA. His record was under 500. But in 1930, the Cubs were the defending National League champs, and they had an offense that would make any pitcher look good. That was the year Hack Wilson, you remember, had 191 RBIs. Yeah. So he was having a very good season. Carlson was having a very good season, but one night in late May, <clears throat> the 38-year-old started having horrible stomach cramps. He'd been suffering from ulcers for a couple of years, so he wasn't too worried about it at first, but the pain got worse. He called his teammates, Rig Stevenson, Kai Kai Kyler, and Cliff Heathcote, and he asked them to come to his apartment and help, and when they saw that he was having such pain, 
Uh, they took him to the team doctor, but it was too late. By the time the doctor arrived at his apartment, there wasn't anything they could do. He died of a stomach hemorrhage oh, during thrilling. the season at age 38. The Cubs dedicated their season to their fallen comrade. But just a few days after Carlson died, their star second baseman, Rogers Hornsby, broke his leg. The Cubs still fought on. On September 6th, they had a four-game lead with only 19 games to play. Guess what wah, happened, Dave? Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they, they uh, blew it. But that's well, the that's story a- of Hal Carlson. Oh, that that was a bummer to. That was definitely a way to bring down the room well, and to end the yeah, show. But, you Thank know, you for that. It's you know, it's what I do. Um, I believe we still have one more feature, so maybe we could uh, oh, yeah. we could bring it back with this one. All right, yeah. here we go. A random name pulled out of Rick's bowl of brushes with celebrities. Mixture, collection, selection, assemblage, medley, assortment, variety. Time now for celebrity potpourri with Rick and Dave. All right, Dave, this is the part where the sh- of the show where Dave pulls a uh, name out of the Costco jar, and I have to tell the story of how I met that celebrity. Um, I love this guy, Chuck Jones, cartoonist, Chuck Jones, right? Chuck Jones, yeah, he, he is the guy who, uh, he was one of those directors of the cartoons for Warner Brothers, the Looney Tunes. Right, Mary the Melody. Looney Tunes, right. right. He did Bugs Bunny, Daffy Duck, Wile E. Coyote, Pepe Le Pew, Porky Pig. That's, uh, he also, if I remember right, and I'm pretty sure this is correct, he created four of those characters himself drawing. He drew them. Uh, oh, wow. Marvin the Martian was his, Pepe Le Pew, and Wile E. Coyote and the Roadrunner. Those, he created those. So we're talking about somebody who is, you know, a part of our lives, right? Top level, right? Top level. So I met him uh, when I was Stephen Gary's producer, and, and remember in the late '80s there was a this trend of uh, selling animated cells. Yeah, right, right. That, that, and that's like the like the transparency or whatever of the that they use that to make the 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 cartoons right it's like the little yeah. plastic the drawings on the plastic right? yes exactly exactly and, and uh there were entire stores that were dedicated to that and chuck jones came to town to uh sell some of his artwork you know the the animated cells mm-hmm. and he was on stephen gary show and it was i really i got to admit i didn't know who he was when he came on the show um, got to know him a little bit. He was an older gentleman at that time already, obviously. I think he was, you know, in his 70s or 80s, uh, but was super nice. And he brought along posters of Wiley Coyote and the Roadrunner because he was, you know, promoting this appearance at this at this store. And he signed one for me. Oh, God. Because, you cool. know, he said to me as he was getting ready to sign it, he's like, well, what do you do here? I said, well, I'm the producer. And his inscription says, to Rick, my boy, what do you produce? Chuck Jones. Oh, wow. And it's a picture of Wile E. Coyote and, and the Roadrunner. And I have it framed and is now on the wall in my son Sean's room. That's very cool. That is, that is actually very cool. So this is one of the few stories of celebrities that you made. You got something valuable out of an actual tangible thing because you didn't get a lot only it's the only story i have (laughs) that i got anything Uh, tangible out of anybody (laughs) that's awesome well we also no that's not true well maybe it's in the jar 
Peter Max. Remember Peter oh, Max? Oh, yeah. Oh, that's right. Okay. All right. Okay. Teaser. Teaser. That name is in the jar. You got something um, from him, too, didn't you? Yeah. He, um, I, I all right. Signed... All right. Well, up. Okay. Yep. You're right. We can't waste it. Yep. <laughs> we can, Good point. We're going to run out of names if we don't. <laughs> all right. If you want to find out more about Rick and Dave, you can check us out at EckhartsPress.com. At ChicagoAuthorSolutions.com, as we mentioned, we're going to be at uh, in Mundelein on Saturday uh, afternoon. Uh, come on out and see us and our authors, uh, Bruce Borer and Russ Farner. And um, we are produced by Tony Lasano of Opie Productions, distributed by Ed Silla of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. And we'll be back again next week with another episode of Minutia Man. <laughs> The proceeding was a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Find our other great shows on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and at radiomisfits.com. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This has been a presentation of Old Pie Productions. Tony, can you shut up? 